sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A football Friday, kind of, here on the morning after. Live on this Friday on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Football returned to our lives last night. And in this opening hour of a Friday on TMA, it's all football all the time. We'll look around training camp. We'll give you the perspective of the toughest division in all of football, the AFC West, as we go to our good friend in Kansas City, Carrington Harrison. And then a player prop perspective on this Football Friday, kind of as well, on the morning after. Joe P. Sapia, the host of Fantasy Sports Today, throughout the NFL campaign, will have some fun making some player prop match bets between quarterbacks, running backs, and what it all means for the National Football League entering 2022. The 103rd season of NFL football officially getting started last night with the Hall of Fame game, the opening preseason game of the year in Canton, Ohio. A weather delay paused our opening excitement for the NFL season, just barely. But then when it came on, some sloppy football, as you can expect in the opening preseason game of the year, but it ultimately results in a Raiders victory. The Raiders and the Jaguars last night in Canton, at the Hall of Fame game, the Raiders win 27 to 11. It feels great to break down a football game once again. Las Vegas easily covering as a two and a half point favorite in front of the home crowd, if you will. Their new head coach out in the desert, Josh McDaniels, makes his return to Canton, Ohio, where he grew up, where he played his high school football. His parents in the crowd as well, and a homecoming victory for the Raiders' new head man, 27 to 11. A total at 30 and a half the lowest number for a hall of fame game for any preseason game dating back to 2004 pushes to the over you know my precedent you know my principle i was riding an under last night the raiders scored 20 points in the first half in fact the 27 points that las vegas scored last night the most in a hall of fame game that any team has scored since 2008 when washington put up 30 points and it gives us a time to look at how things might happen in the first half of your preseason handicaps because when you have the starters and no starters really played last night although we saw Josh Jacobs on the opening couple of series for Las Vegas when you have your best players out there early and often you can look at a first half number maybe instead of that entire game spread and the Raiders were up 20 to nothing at the halftime break easily winning that first half on the money line minus 128 and that total in the first half as well pushing to an over the total for the game overall and over under that sat at 30 and a half also goes to the over the Raiders looked impressive on offense especially early on Las Vegas scored on each of their opening three possessions two field goals and then the first touchdown of the NFL year scored by a former Nebraska Cornhusker Amir Abdullah finding his way into the end zone, a kick into the end zone to kick off the scoring in the National Football League. So although we did not see Derek Carr or the newly acquired Devontae Adams for the Raiders or Max Crosby or Chandler Jones, we didn't see Trevor Lawrence 
or Travis Etienne or Christian Kirk on the other side for the Jaguars. A couple of players did stand out last night. Jared Stidham got the start for the Raiders as their QB, 8 of 15 for 96 yards through the air and a 12-yard rushing score to end out the first half. And Zamir White, the rookie running back out of Georgia, looking very impressive for Vegas yesterday. 11 carries, 52 yards, also had three grabs for 23 yards. Keep an eye on what Zamir White might be able to do in Josh McDaniels' offense. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of a football Friday, kind of, on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. The reason I say it's a football Friday, kind of, because in this opening hour, we'll talk all football, but normal football Fridays throughout an NFL and college football regular season are dedicated to previewing the weekend slate. Here we recap and then get you set as we are in our second week of training camp. The second week of training camp comes to a close today. So things to keep an eye on all across the National Football League. And last night in Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame game goes the way of the Las Vegas Raiders. 27-11 the final in favor of Las Vegas. They cover easily as a 2 and a half point favorite and here's the interesting thing on Las Vegas they have looked impressive and they looked impressive certainly yesterday they were a 10 win football team last year in 2021 they only got better this offseason and inquiring one of the best wide receivers in all of the National Football League in Devontae Adams Chandler Jones on the other side for the defense as well they were a playoff team last year but as you can see by these odds the five worst prices right now in the AFC to make the postseason, the Raiders are on that list. The fifth worst number to qualify for the AFC playoffs at plus 170. We have said all offseason long, now into the preseason portion of the NFL schedule, Las Vegas is being overlooked and undervalued in this market. You see the Steelers there as well at plus 330. Two of the five worst odds to make the AFC postseason at the moment on the FanDuel Sportsbook were playoff teams a season ago. The Raiders, a playoff team. The Steelers, a playoff team. And the Jaguars, who were in action last night, plus 450 in Trevor Lawrence's sophomore campaign in the National Football League. Relatively long odds. The Jets, the second-worst price for a second-year quarterback in Zach Wilson and a second-year quarterback in Houston as well. Davis Mills, the Texans, the longest odds in the entire league at 15-1 to to make the postseason. An update to the NFL's appeal of Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension for the 2022 regular season up next here on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The end of the second week of training camp all across the National Football League. The NFL news and notes you need to know now that the preseason has begun, getting ready for a new year in 2022 in the NFL. And we begin with an update to Deshaun Watson and his suspension of six games for the 2022 NFL regular season. Of course, the NFL issued its appeal on Wednesday afternoon, where, based on that collective bargaining agreement, Commissioner Roger Goodell could oversee this appeal or appoint a designee, and that is what Commissioner Goodell did yesterday afternoon. Former New Jersey Attorney General 
Peter C. Harvey is Commissioner Roger Goodell's designee, as you can see here in this report from ESPN's Adam Schefter, to hear the appeal of the disciplinary decision involving Deshaun Watson. So a former attorney general in the state of New Jersey, Peter C. Harvey, very familiar with the National Football League. He has heard arbitration disputes in the past on behalf of the league. He and Roger Goodell have worked closely together in years past. So you might be thinking, is Roger Goodell passing the buck down the road? Does he not want the blame here for whatever that suspension ends up being for Deshaun Watson? Because again, based on the new CBA, whatever the determination is on behalf of the National Football League, following this appeals process, that is final and binding. Deshaun Watson's camp, the NFLPA, can't bring about a federal lawsuit. However, based on both sides, the league office and the PA agreeing to this new collective bargaining agreement, the legal standing might not hold up in federal court. However, it could prolong this process, allowing Deshaun Watson potentially to play early on in the 2022 NFL season. But as we know here, Peter C. Harvey has worked on behalf of the league. This is not a designee or an independent arbiter like we saw with Sue L. Robinson. Peter C. Harvey is very much working on behalf of the National Football League. And again, we know based on reporting around this situation, the NFL is going to seek a full year-long suspension at minimum for Deshaun Watson in 2022. And based on the CBA, any overseeing of this appeals process is expected to happen on an expedited basis. And as we got here from ESPN's Jeff Darlington, part of Commissioner Goodell's schedule at the early going of a new NFL season has led to the appointee of Peter C. Harvey to expedite this process. What exactly that timeline looks like, we shall see. But again, in this appeals process, although it is new under the CBA that we had the independent arbiter, the independent judge in Sue L. Robinson, make her ruling, make her decision, and the six-game suspension handed down to Deshaun Watson. The NFL is certainly of the right to appeal that process, which they have done, and then issue the final and binding suspension for Deshaun Watson in 2022. This is going to be a continuing process throughout the next month or so leading into the start of the 2022 NFL regular season. As we have said often, this is much more than just a football story. But as we await the response from the NFLPA, they have 48 hours since the NFL issued its appeal on Wednesday afternoon. So you can expect something from the Players Association on behalf of Deshaun Watson's camp by end of day on this Friday as we await the NFLPA's response to the NFL's appeal of Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. We have seen movement in the market for the Cleveland Browns entering 20. 22. Following Judge Robinson's ruling on Monday of the six-game suspension, for the first time all offseason long, the Cleveland Browns had a win total available on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It was nine and a half, and the under had the heavy juice at minus 145. After the NFL's appeal on Wednesday afternoon, that number started to work its way down. Eight and a half for a win total. As you see there, it was even big on both sides. Minus 110 to the over, minus 110 to the under but the market continues to move and work against 
that win total for Cleveland. Now, the under has the juice of the eight and a half team win total for the Cleveland Browns in 2022. It's minus 120 to the under. And the market is moving in various areas for the Cleveland Browns in 2022 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Their odds to win the conference championship, 13 to 1 earlier this week. Now 14 to 1 to win that AFC crown this upcoming year. The only number that has not moved, which I find rather surprising given the win total for the Browns continues to drop, is that make playoff number. Still even money, still plus 100, still the ninth best price in an incredibly competitive AFC. You would just think by common logic that if their win total works down and the under now has the juice of that eight and a half for a win total, their overall record is going to suffer as the odds indicate and thus that overall record to compete for a divisional crown or a wild card spot is going to be a harder bargain as well speaking of the AFC North more market movement against the Browns there as well plus 230 earlier this week on Monday following Judge Robinson's initial ruling of a six game suspension for Deshaun Watson 70 cents back now for Cleveland plus 300 the Ravens remain the favorites at plus 160 the Bengals the winners of this division the champions of the AFC just last year only 20 cents behind Baltimore at plus 180 and the Pittsburgh Steelers have the longest odds out of the four teams within the AFC North right now at plus 950 again it is worth mentioning Pittsburgh's win total this year is seven and a half there's a new quarterback coming for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization will it be Mitchell Trubisky or the rookie in Kenny Pickett well reports out of camp right now it hasn't been the smoothest offensive sailing for Mitchell Trubisky at the helm of that Steelers offense through the early portion of camp so a new quarterback to replace Ben Roethlisberger but the head coach remains the same about to embark on his 16th season Mike Tomlin in that head seat for Pittsburgh and in each of his first 15 years the Steelers have won at least eight games Pittsburgh with an aging Ben Roethlisberger last year a playoff team the same the year before in 2020 the Steelers have reached the AFC postseason six of the last eight years and at least whoever the quarterback ends up being they'll have a happy wide receiver to throw to Deontay Johnson extended yesterday by the Pittsburgh Steelers a two-year deal worth north of 38 million dollars Deontay Johnson one of the young up-and-coming receivers in the National Football League the issue with Deontay Johnson if there is one is drops over the past couple of seasons but rewarded for being one of those bright spots in the Steelers wide receiver core of course Chase Claypool is there now as well Najee Harris will be expected to carry the load for Pittsburgh but the Steelers right now the longest odds within the AFC North because of those questions around the quarterback position and as we showed you in the opening segment in our recap of the Hall of Fame game the Pittsburgh Steelers the fourth longest odds to reach the AFC playoffs this year at plus 330 but the Steelers were a playoff team just a season ago as were the Raiders who at plus 170 have the fifth longest price again I find it fascinating personally and I understand from that odds and market perspective knowing how difficult the AFC is going to be and knowing how much movement we saw not just in the market but from people changing places and finding new franchises this offseason that the AFC is going to be incredibly competitive however still fascinating to me that two playoff teams a season ago make up two of the five worst odds 
to reach the AFC playoffs right now. The Raiders at plus 170 and the Steelers at plus 330. I also want to bring this up here because a lot has been discussed around Najee Harris entering his second year in the NFL. A slow start to his rookie campaign, but came on incredibly strong for Pittsburgh to end out the year. And he will be the person to carry the burden, you would assume, to help bring along Mitchell Trubisky in a new organization or the rookie in Kenny Pickett with the Steelers having the longest odds of the four teams in the AFC North at plus 950. But the Steelers have the third worst rushing offense in the league a season ago. 91.1 yards per game averaged on the ground. In the Steelers' defense, after being a top-five unit in 2020, that was not the case in 2021. T.J. Watt, the reigning Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL, will be expected to do a ton if Pittsburgh is going to have success in 2022. Now the hardest division in football, the AFC West, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. could argue what the toughest division in football is going to be for the 2022 NFL regular season. For my money, I believe it is going to be the AFC West, and I believe our next guest probably feels the same way. Carrington Harrison joins the show once again on the morning after. Carrington, it is fantastic to speak with you on what feels like a football Friday getting ready for the 2022 NFL season. How excited are you in KC right now? Ben, first off, let's slow down. This is not a football Friday. Because oh, I would say seven minutes of real football yesterday does not make this a football Friday. I also would like to point out people are debating if the AFC West is going to be the best division. Peter King in his Monday morning quarterback or football night in America, whatever he calls his article now, he said this is the most competitive division that he's ever seen on paper. Oh. King said this. This was Shannon Sharp. Not Bayless. This was not some hot take artist. Peter King said this is the best division he's ever seen on paper. So this should. So maybe we don't argue if the AFC West is going to be the toughest division in football this year. We argue if it's going to be the toughest division in football ever. It's interesting, Carrington, that you tell me this is not a true football Friday when your Twitter timeline yesterday was saying you were betting the Raiders to win a Super Bowl. Okay, I was joking. I was being facetious. Watched maybe eight snaps of the Hall of Fame game. I did see the touchdown, and I think it was Amir Abdullah did this karate chop kick. He looked like Jim Smith, the karate kick, and I determined I had seen enough, and I was ready to bet the Raiders to win the Super Bowl just based off that one touchdown. No, I saw him and I one Josh Jacobs run, and I was wondering why Josh Jacobs was basically playing by himself. I know I'd seen Jared Stidham before in Auburn. I've never seen him any other time. I know he played for New England, but I blocked that time out of my mind. That was it. That was it. I, this is what I equate the Hall of Fame game to. It's like chewing gum. The first couple mm. of chewing gum of a man. After about five minutes, you're it out. After about five minutes, I'm ready to watch anything else other than the Hall of Fame game. And that's what I did yesterday. Amir Abdullah, a former Nebraska Cornhusker, scoring the first touchdown of the NFL year in 2022. Carrington, one of the last times 
that you joined us here on the morning after. It was way back in January of 2022, getting ready for the divisional round between the Bills and the Chiefs. And you said until Kansas City is knocked off its perch, you can't truly believe in the Buffalo Bills. Well, entering the 2022 NFL season, it's Buffalo booked as the favorites at plus 350 to win the AFC championship, a dollar and a half ahead of those Chiefs at plus 500. Carrington, do you agree? Should Buffalo be the favorites to win the AFC title this year? Ben, this is what I don't get. I've said this on my show. I think Buffalo has gotten more credit for losing to Kansas City than Cincinnati got for beating Kansas City. Maybe it's because people feel bad that Buffalo lost its coin toss and they didn't get another opportunity. I don't know what it is with the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo is a very good team. I don't want anyone to get me confused that Buffalo is a very good team. But this is the same Buffalo that lost to Jacksonville last year, right? The same one that lost to Urban Meyer. This is the same Buffalo Bills that lost to Mike White and the New York Jets. And now they're the overwhelming favorite to win the Super Bowl. I don't know what it is. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Again, I think Buffalo is a very good team. I think we have now, I think we are ready for someone else to sit at the throne in the AFC. And we just anointed Josh Allen to be that person. So every prediction we will make will try to reinforce what we believe in Josh Allen. I think it's very spot on to say. There's a ton of optimism, and rightfully so. It is deserved for that optimism and hope for the Buffalo Bills, being able to reach that ultimate goal of appearing in a Super Bowl and contending for that National Football League championship. However, the Bengals beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. The Bills still lost that game, and they get the credit for what they were able to do to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I also think it has to do with the divisional battle. The Bills are minus 220 in a much weaker AFC East, and the AFC West is going to be a gauntlet, as Peter King said, and as Carrington let us know here. But the Chiefs, Carrington, still booked as the favorites, plus 155. Of course, it is worth noting, KC has won this division six straight seasons. Is KC going to be on top again, Carrington, in 2022? I want to answer this in two parts. I do want to go back really quickly to Buffalo and ask you this question. Think of last season. How many teams do you think hit their absolute ceiling? Like, whatever your preseason prediction was for that team, how many of those teams do you think hit it? Because every conversation I've heard about Buffalo, nationally, locally, whatever, has always been based on their best-case scenario. Yes, their best-case scenario was going 15-2 and two and winning the Super Bowl. Last year, four teams hit their best-case scenario. I would just bet against Buffalo being that team. To your point about Kansas City and the AFC West, it really comes down to one thing to me. Patrick Mahomes is 21-3 and three in, in AFC West divisional games. He has never lost a game on the in the division. Think about that. He has never yep. lost at Denver, at Las Vegas slash Oakland, at Los Angeles, who doesn't have a home field advantage. So until you're one of those three teams and you break that, where you can at least take care of home field against Patrick Mahomes, it's not realistic to pick one of these other teams to win the division. A lot of those other teams have gotten close, but you got to take care of home field. Another thing about the Chargers here, too, Justin Herbert has a losing record as a starter and has missed the playoffs in his first two seasons. Typically, by year two, if you're that guy, you make the playoffs. We all agree Herbert's talented ability. I think Herbert's phenomenal. You got to make the playoffs last year if you're the Los Angeles Chargers. You had every reason to make the playoffs last year. They lost that game at the end of the season to the Minnesota Vikings. That was a big reason why they missed the playoffs. They lost the final game of the year where I don't know if 
Las Vegas was trying to tie or win the game. There was no reason for the Chargers to miss the playoffs last season. They're a team to me. I, I don't know if there's a team in the AFC with more pressure to make the playoffs this year than the Chargers. And as you see there, the second best price in the AFC West. Carrington Harrison, a sports radio host in Kansas City, Missouri, for 610 The Score, joining us here to preview the toughest division in football this year in the AFC West. I want to go back to those divisional odds quickly here, Carrington. As we said, the Chiefs, divisional champs, six consecutive years, but plus 155 in plus money to win this division for a seventh straight year because of that optimism surrounding LA because of the optimism with Russell Wilson now in the mile high city and I think the Raiders are being overlooked frankly but still the Chiefs at plus 155 do you think Kansas City is getting slightly disrespected entering the upcoming season in the NFL no I don't think they're getting slightly disrespected their schedule they have one of the most difficult schedules in the National Football League I understand that they have the same schedule for the most part of those other three teams, but you also play a first-place schedule. Those other teams don't. So, yeah, I think Kansas City has a pretty difficult schedule. I also think it's a division that, on paper, should beat each other up. To me, it feels a lot like last year's NFC West, where you had the Rams made the playoffs, you had Arizona made the playoffs, and you also had San Francisco make the playoffs. You and I 100% agree when it comes to Las Vegas. I don't get why there's such a big gap between Denver and Las Vegas. How is Denver at plus 260 and the Raiders are at plus 700? The Raiders made the playoffs last year. I feel like people have forgotten that they made the playoffs. They weren't even the they weren't even the seven seed. Oh, you only got in because they expanded the playoffs. The Raiders would have made the playoffs under the old format. Think about everything that happened last year. Their coach's password was one two three on his emails. They had a <laughs> wide receiver kill somebody. They had another uh, the defensive back, Damon Arnett, threatened to kill somebody on Snapchat. They fired their head coach. They still made the playoffs with the interim head coach, and they're plus 700 in the division. I don't get it. It's weird to me. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm not saying that I think they're going to win the division, but it shouldn't be 240 Chargers, 260 Broncos, 700 Las Vegas. doesn't make any sense. The Raiders plus 170 to make the postseason this year, the fifth worst odds in the entire AFC right now. And they also got better this offseason by adding Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones on the other side of the football. The win total, Carrington, for KC this year is 10.5. The over has the slight bit of juice, but the Chiefs have won 12 games in four straight seasons. Can Kansas City be a 12-win team once again? I mean, I would take the over on Kansas City for a couple of reasons. Patrick Mahomes has never won fewer than 12 games in an NFL season. Andy Reid has hit the over every single year that he has been the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. So knowledge, it's kind of like betting against Kansas in the Big 12 or betting against UConn's women. You got to prove to me that you can beat them. And if you do that, then I'll listen to it. But at this point to me, I think you got to take the over. I think you got to bet on 11 or 12 from this team. You see those stats and the season-long props available for Patrick Mahomes entering the 2022 NFL campaign as well. What do you expect the offense to look like, Carrington, without having Tyreek Hill this year? And what impact will that have on Patrick Mahomes? That is an amazing question. I think that's the question with the Chiefs. I think there's two schools of thought. I think the league has shown you how much they value number one wide receiver. Think about all the contracts that have been given out. Six wide receivers got drafted in round one. The league is telling you how much they value playmaking ability and just big-time offensive players. The Chiefs went in a very different direction. Like The Chiefs are telling you, we think our quarterback is this good, that that doesn't matter. Green Bay, I think, is telling you the exact same thing. We understand that we're not as good as Cincinnati or the Rams when it comes to playmakers. But our quarterback is so good. 
We'll simply see if the Chiefs and the Packers are right. I don't think they're going to be right. And I think we're seeing that the league, you can't do what New England did, <clears throat> excuse me, in the in the early mid-2000s where you're just putting Brady and a cast of characters together. It is a playmaker league. I think you need dynamic weapons on the outside. I don't think the Chiefs have enough to win the Super Bowl this year, but I do think they're good enough to win their division, possibly win a playoff game. Maybe one of those weapons that is still there for the Chiefs offense, Travis Kelsey, as you see there. 1,100 and a hook for his receiving yards, season-long prop, and eight and a half receiving touchdowns as well. Carrington Harrison, a sports radio host for 610 The Score in Kansas City, telling us the AFC West is the hardest division maybe ever in football, and the Raiders are going to win a Super Bowl. Thanks, Carrington. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Have a great football Friday. More football up next here on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I don't care what Carrington Harrison has to say or what you might feel out there. It's a football Friday, kind of, again, in this opening hour of the morning after live on a Friday on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, very pleased to welcome on our next guest. It is Joe P. Sapia. The calendar has flipped to August, which only means one thing for Joe P. The focus is solely on football. The host of Diamond Bets for a couple more weeks, but once we get to the football season here on the grid, your weekly host for Fantasy Sports Today to let you know what you need to know from that player perspective for each and every Sunday in the NFL. We use that insight and expertise here and maybe some comedic flair from Joe P in this segment on DMA. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on this Friday. It's always a pleasure. It's a football Friday from now until the end of the year, my friend, and then maybe even through January also because... Uh, this is what we live for. This is our thing. This is what we get excited about. And I know last night, you know, Hall of Fame game, you're not getting a lot of the players we want to see, but that's always typical. Uh, once upon a time, we did see a Tom Brady uh, play in the Hall of Fame game before a lot of people knew who he was. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, certainly a, the kickstart, I feel like, to the football season. So uh, that's that's always fun. And this is a hotbed of fantasy football talk, too, as well. And that's, of course, right. where I come in. And you come in and we need that right here on a Friday on the morning after because you can take that fantasy perspective and look at season-long props and all of those odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook as well. And Joe, like you mentioned, because of the start last night for the NFL preseason and the Hall of Fame game, we will have a football game either in the NFL or college from now until the middle of February when the Super Bowl comes to an end. A football game each and every week in the NFL or college. It's a great time. It's a football Friday. And we start, Joe, with the idea of airing out that football and the most regular season passing yards. Yes, a market you can bet on on the FanDuel Sportsbook. A conversation piece, Joe, this year in the National Football League will be the optimism of the young quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joey Silk in Joe Burrow versus the old heads, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, who won a Super Bowl in his first year with the Rams last year. And you can see that optimism for Justin Herbert entering his third year in the NFL in 2022. If you had to place a bet on the old versus the young, who gets Joe <laughs> P's money at the quarterback spot this season? 
Well, my daddy always said youth and skill is no match for old age and treachery. So I think we still have to look at Tom Brady always. Uh, Tom Brady threw for more than 5,000 yards last year, boys and girls. And I know he's 45 years old as of yesterday. Happy birthday, Tom Brady. But I think you still have to look at him very seriously here. He did not come back for one more year in the sun to not sling the football around. So if you think he came back to fail, then you don't know Tom Brady. And, of course, I'm hearing – of course, the same old thing over and over again, which is, oh, no, he's come back again. He can't possibly do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally lives off that. You know, he he lives off of your disdain for him. You're telling him that he can't do something and avocados. That's it. Those are the three things that he actually lives off. It sustains Tom Brady. Now, Justin Herbert, I think, should be the favorite here. Uh, Justin Herbert's in a unique situation with this team because they are very pass-heavy attack, because also that division is going to be shootouts on a weekly basis, it feels like, because those are some big-time offenses with big-time quarterbacks who can really execute. So the plus 700 on Herbert's still really good. I hate the plus 800 on Matt Stafford, especially with this elbow news we're getting. This whole stuff with the 10 nights in the elbow, that is a problem, Uh, and it's something that could limit him at certain points in the season. So when you're talking about league leaders, that's one I would stay away from. So Herbert at 700, Tom Brady at 800 if you're spraying the chips around. And then if you want to go – you know, a little further out, I, I, I think it's tough to put it on Mahomes. I don't think we can get there yet because there's too much uncertainty. Derek Carr is an interesting one. He had 4,800 passing yards last year. Now you've added Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels, who definitely wants to throw the ball and be aggressive, and I think will be a much better head coach in the second time around. And then I know this is going to sound crazy too, but, you know, Dak Prescott not that long ago, you know, was on pace for an MVP season before, of course, yeah. the ankle got separated from the rest of his body. And I think we kind of forget that. And I think another year removed from that injury is extremely important for Dak Prescott. And even though you don't have Amari Cooper, you still might have enough in that offense to get it done. But I think Herbert, Brady, Carr, those would be where I would spread the chips around. Who are we to say that the tender age of 45 years old, Tom Brady slows down? Because in his 44th year on this earth, his 22nd in the National Football League, not only did he lead the NFL last year in passing yards, but also from a volume perspective, pass attempts the Bucks threw it on 67 percent pretty much of their plays a season ago so let's compare those numbers between Tom Brady entering year 23 in the NFL and Aaron Rodgers that number on Aaron Rodgers by the way Joe has come down it was above mm-hmm. 4,000 a couple of weeks ago now 39.50 in a hook in these theoretical match bets we are making up I would assume you lean Tom Brady to have more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers in 2022. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, (laughs) but the question then is Aaron Rodgers. What can we expect out of the Green Mm -hmm. Bay offensive attack without Devontae Adams? Well, I actually think both of these numbers are over. Uh, Tom Brady, for the obvious reasons, 45. I mean, that's a number that would say Tom Brady's missing time. Uh, You know, we're talking about 17 games now, too. To me, that number is a smash over. Uh, for him they brought in julio jones and i don't know what he's got left in the tank but they still got russell gage there eventually hopefully a healthy godwin and of course mike evans who's about his most consistent wide receiver on the planet thousand yards every single year and eight touchdowns i mean you could just put it in the books basically so he's still got a lot to work with there what's interesting about rogers is you know looking at the fantasy pros protections where i work he's around 4200 passing yards and i think that feels kind of right i think people are kind of um you know, going too far to the other end of the spectrum when it comes to Rodgers. Yes, he did lose Devontae Adams, but it's not like Aaron Rodgers can't play the quarterback position with the new tools he's been given. Alan Lazard is very capable, a big-bodied wide receiver. Is he the same separator that Devontae Adams is? No. Is he the same red zone threat? No. But at the same time, you have to really like with 
uh, Romeo Dubs is doing, and it's Dubs, not uh, or it's Dobbs, not Dubs. Excuse me, I'm still trying to learn yeah. it. Uh, I was corrected this morning. I'm trying to get better. We're all trying to get better here as we learn these new guys here in the NFL. But he's at a very eye-opening camp as well. I'm not the biggest Christian Watson guy, but at the same time, I think you're going to see him throw the ball a lot to the running backs. And that means Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to get a lot of work. And 3,900 yards is a really low number for a 17-game season for um, for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I understand that, you know, it's been very sort of thread the needle for him. It's been very efficient of late in the last few years for him, not quite as prolific as the Aaron Rodgers were used to. But at the same time, I think people are a little underestimating how good he can be and possibly make those pieces around him better. So I actually like the over in both of these, but the Brady one is a smash for me. Each of the last five seasons that Aaron Rodgers has played a full season, he has gone well over that number of 39.50 in a hook. He is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Of course, they have the tied second-best odds in the NFC Championship market right now at plus 500. Tom Brady and the Bucks, the favorites, at plus 340. Joe, we know how competitive the AFC is going to be. The NFC feels like there might be some other areas for value. Where do you see that on the board entering 2022? Well, what's interesting is you look at the Vikings at 20 to one. Uh, the Vikings did address some of their issues and a lot of them were defense and a lot of them, I think, were some coaching things that were lacking there with Mike Zimmer. So now you have, I think, one of the better head coaches that, that moved last year coming over. And I think that is, uh, although he's a first time head coach, I, I do believe that the Vikings have a lot of offensive pieces here and it can be really scary. And that division's very weak. Uh, even the Packers are a little weaker year over year. The defense is very good, but when you take Devontae Adams out of a team, it's still something to consider. You know, that is a huge weapon you have to account for on the field. And yeah, I mean, some of those pieces are going to have to step up, and none of them are going to step up to Devontae Adams' level, even if they do. So I think the Vikings are fascinating. Um, the other thing is you look at the Bucks, and you know the Bucks are in another soft division where they should roll, they should have the bye, um, the Rams, I, I know, are going to be very keen to compete. But once again, that elbow issue with Stafford is concerning. Everything did break their way. And let's not forget, too, you know, if not for a few bounces of the football, San Francisco would have won that game. Yeah. They did not look great in that NFC Championship game. And the Bengals really hung with them as well in the Super Bowl. So the Rams had everything break well for them. Sometimes that's just the team of destiny. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys are a complete enough team yet. I think the AFC is really where you're going to get probably the you know, Super Bowl champion. But in terms of looking for the NFC, the team to come out of there, it's hard not to like the favorite in the Bucks because I think they have the easiest schedule in terms of the division. And I think they have the most complete team on both sides of the football. And that's what you're looking for at the end of the day. The team's going to play offense, defense, and special teams. And I think you know that leadership, that narrative, that one more year in the sun for Tom Brady, it actually does carry a lot of weight with the guys in the locker room because he carries – so much respect in that locker room and i don't think you can you can undercut that and i think it's something you can actually invest in and the path through the nfc south right now should be the easiest as the odds indicate minus 270 for tampa bay as the heavy odds on favorites in that division the best odds of any team to win any division in the entire nfl all right from the old guard from the quarterback spot to the new people that we have come to see here in the last couple of years and a focus on the toughest division in football in the AFC West. Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert. The numbers are pretty close. 45-5-0 and a half for Patrick Mahomes. 4,600 and a hook for Justin Herbert. In this theoretical match bet, Joe P, who wins? 
<laughs> well, <clears throat> I think we all win if we bet the overs on both of these. Uh, and the reason is, you know, sort of similar to the narrative that's running with Aaron Rodgers. You can kind of pick that up and drop it with Patrick Mahomes. What is he without Tyreek Hill? Well, he's a really proficient, amazing passer who makes plays that nobody else has ever seen on a regular basis. And I personally love Sky Moore. I think that was a guy that really opened eyes for me at the Combine. And uh, in all fairness, I watch a lot of college football. I did not watch a lot of Sky Moore. I had to go look at the tape and go look and see, okay, who is this guy? Because that guy looked terrific. And he's looked terrific in camp so far. You signed Juju, you signed MVS. I think they got enough pieces here, and I think it's going to be surprising. And you'll see Mahomes' fantasy value has kind of dipped a little bit. And my goodness, if you could buy on the dip, go for it this year. Uh, and Herbert, you know, we sort of scratched the surface of Herbert and Mike Williams last year in the first few weeks of the season before Williams had an injury. And we've been here before with Mike Williams, but if that guy can stay healthy, and you have him along with Keenan Allen, Eckler, and even Palmer, who's been outstanding so far early in camp, Herbert is another guy that, you know, I think everybody across the board thought he would be more of a project quarterback, and he has proven everybody wrong. He has come in day one and been terrific, and he got better last year. He could get even better this year. So to me, both of these numbers, once again, this is a passing league. You're also looking in a division where these guys are going to go at it, and there are going to be a lot of these games that I think are going to go into the 41-38 kind of realm because they can just do that, and that's the way the league is structured. That's the way... I think right now the quarterbacks are protected enough to get to some of these numbers because I don't think we've adjusted in our minds enough yet for the extra game and for how competitive that AFC West truly is going to be. Herbert, over 5,000 yards in year number two. His third year in the NFL awaits. Quickly here, Joe. It's a football Friday. Who would I be if we did not establish the run a little bit? Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor tied for the most in their rushing yards props for 2022 1350 in a hook who runs the damn ball more this year i typically like to stay away from the season-long rush props because injury quotients are so high for running backs it's never a good investment as far as i'm concerned if i had to pick one i would probably pick henry because he's such the focal point of the offense and i do believe he is going to once again prove everybody wrong because he is a freak of nature i like that idea derrick henry last year averaged 117 yards per game in the eight that he played in the regular season. Joe Pizzapia, who does it all for us here, and you need to go look at his Twitter because he's a funny guy as well. Joe P, have a great weekend. We round out hour one of TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out the opening hour of what has been called a football Friday, kind of, here live on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's SportsGrid, I am Ben Stevens. Last night, we had the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio, the opening game of the NFL preseason in 2022. Starting last night, there will be a football game, either NFL or college football each and every week until the Super Bowl in mid-February. So yeah, if I call it a football Friday, it certainly feels like a football Friday here on the morning after. And as we get ready for a 2022 NFL campaign, who is going to be 
that frontrunner for the NFL MVP. And at this time, still in early August, who gets your preseason vote? Let's find out together in Fade the Public. So from the four favorites available to bet on on the FanDuel Sportsbook, who gets your vote for NFL Most Valuable Player before the season gets underway? Josh Allen is the favorite. Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady tied for the second best odds at plus 800. And then Justin Herbert rounds out the top four. And the public is backing Josh Allen. Nobody circles the wagons like Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. He's the favorite on FanDuel at plus 700 and garnering nearly 56%, just a tick above 56% actually, of our Fade the Public poll at Sports Grid TV. That's overwhelmingly backing Josh Allen. Tom Brady, the second most selected option entering year number 23 in the NFL. He turned 45 on Wednesday. Pretty crazy to think about. So Josh Allen is plus 700. Mahomes and Brady tied for the second best price at plus 800. Herbert rounds out the top four at plus 900. And then the two-time reigning back-to-back -back NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers, the fifth best price at 10 to 1. That does it for our number one of the morning after. On this Football Friday, football takes a backseat. The rest of the sports world in hour number two, up next.